Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for the healing, for the power, and for the authority. Have your way in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We're going to be in Mark chapter 1. You don't have to stand because I'm not going to read it. I'm going to teach it as we go. We are still in chapter 1 of Mark. Last week we talked about how Jesus began his ministry. Amen. Talked about John the Baptist preparing the way. Christ was led into the wilderness for 40 days and for 40 nights to be tempted of the devil. He came out. He began in his ministry. He chose his two sets of disciples. We looked at last week. What was the title of last week's sermon? That is a shame. There you go. Leave your net. Say it five times with me. Say, leave your net. Say it again. 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 All right. So this way you do not forget what we talked about last week. That if we are going to be a follower of Christ, we need to leave our nets. Amen. And what that entails, glory be to God. And now we are going to move on a little further into the ministry of Jesus Christ. First of all, the book of Mark was written to disciples. It blends the two main topics of leadership and service. Somebody say that leadership and service. Say, I am a leader. I am a leader. I've been called to serve. Amen. Mark unfolds what it means to serve as a kingdom leader and to lead as a servant because both of these elements are included in what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Discipleship, in fact, is that process whereby we progressively learn what it means to bring every area of our life under the Lordship of Christ. The Gospel of Mark takes us on a pilgrimage as Jesus teaches his first disciples who he is and what he is about and what it means to follow him. The disciples had much to learn. They actually argued about which of them would be the greatest in the kingdom. Jesus had to turn their thinking upside down, so he showed them that leadership comes through service. He demonstrated this himself, for indeed he had come to serve and not be served. He is called both the Son and the Son of Man and the Son of God, both divine and human. He serves the purposes of God, yet he does this by meeting the needs of people. I'm going to say that again. He's divine, yet he chose to show his purpose by serving and meeting the needs of people. Our challenge in studying Mark is to learn from Jesus' example how to lead and how to serve. So I'm not telling you anything foreign. I'm not saying anything just because that's what I feel like saying. Because God knows if I could just lay in the bed and Smell that Sunday morning, Sunday evening dinner cooking and you ain't going to say nothing. And not have to get up and drive down to the green 
for 15 minutes of service. I'd stay in my bed. But as a leader, I can't tell you to do something. Oh, there are a lot of leaders that will tell you to go do, go do, while they sit and chill. But I believe a leader's job is to be an example. So we, we dealt with that. We're going to be in verse 21 of chapter 1 of Mark. Let's go to work. I'm just going to preach from the subject this morning. You have been authorized. Somebody say, I've been authorized. What does it mean to have authority? You know, the, 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 the Bible, this, this, this chapter, here's what, here's what Jesus wanted, wanted to do. This was his purpose. This, he, his purpose was not to have church. His purpose was not to show them how to shout. He was, his purpose wasn't to do any of that. His purpose was to show them what the kingdom looked like. He was the kingdom wrapped in flesh. He was to give the example of what a kingdom lifestyle should look like. And his whole thing about kingdom was to show his disciples that he was going to transfer authority to them. Now, now we like that word authority because we have within us a makeup to want to rule. We've been made in the image of God. I'm going to take my time. We're going to teach this morning. We've been made in the image of God. And because of that image, we have something in us that wants to rule. Why? Because in Genesis, he told us, rule, have dominion over what I've created. That creation was not to rule and have dominion over us. But we were to have dominion over it. That's why children rebel. That's why we don't like to do what we're told. That's why y'all not going to say nothing. Because we want to rule and not be ruled. And so Jesus came down with all power and all authority, wrapped himself up in human flesh, came through a manger, came through swallowing clothes, and he said this was the king who was God himself incarnate, and he came to serve. But he had all authority. Hmm. And so here he is after telling his disciples, come on, follow me, follow me. And they left their nets, they left everything they knew. They left their money, they left their income, they left their all families and they following. Here they are following this man and they're like, okay, what are we following you for? And, and so in verse 21, it says that they went to Capernaum and right away he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and he began to teach. And they were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them as one that had authority and not like the scribes. Put a pen right there. So I want to talk to you this morning about kingdom authority and what exactly is kingdom authority. I'm glad you asked. Write this down. Kingdom authority is the divine author authorization, divine authorization of rights and responsibilities delegated to believers to act on God's behalf in spiritual rule. 
under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that three times for you. Kingdom authority is divine authorization of rights and responsibilities delegated to believers to act on God's behalf in spiritual rule under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'll say it again. Divine authorization and responsibilities of rights delegated to a believer to act on God's behalf in spiritual rule under the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's what divine kingdom authority is. And I want you to see a couple of things. I want you to see how Jesus moves from preaching to power to performance to prayer. You were so on time, Sister Montreal, <laughs> to, to prayer. From, he, he goes from preaching, he goes from power, he goes from performance, and he goes to prayer. And the only thing we're going to see as we exegete a little bit of this text, this chapter, is how Jesus only uses two things to demonstrate his kingdom authority. That is words and touch. So the first thing we see is he enters the synagogue and he begins to teach. He begins to teach. And they were astonished at his teaching because he taught them not like the scribes, but he taught them like one that had authority. Oh, boy. My question to you is, do you want protocol or power? Oh, okay. Because you can train for tradition. But you have to be anointed for authority. Amen. Oh, God. The, the key issue is here's something. See, isn't it something? Here's the key. You got to grab this on the sidebar. You have to be teachable. Notice the first thing that Jesus did when he called his disciples is he went into the synagogue and he began to teach. Luke 6, 40 says that a student is not above his teacher. But everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. See, you know that you're in training when you follow the instructor. If you're training for sport, they're going to stretch your body to its limit. You can't do what you want to do. You have to do what the leader is telling you to do. Let me go a little further. If you are ever, and Charles, you were in the service, right? You didn't go to the service and tell them how you was going to train. No, they trained you. And training means you had to forget everything you thought you knew to become who was training you. You, you are no longer Montreal. You are no longer Charles. You are no longer Kendrick. You will become Andre. Y'all not going to say nothing. 
Because if you pay your hard-earned money to go to a gym and get a trainer, you want to look like, listen, I, I'm going to go ahead. Listen, if I'm trying to lose weight and I go to a gym and somebody 700 pounds say, I'm going to train you today, I don't think... I want you training me. I want somebody that's looking like the hawk to train me. Because I'm trying to look like who's training me. I'm preaching already. So, so when they, Jesus told him to follow them and he brought them to the synagogue, he said, here's the first lesson. Watch me teach. And I don't want you to see me come to church and ah, and well and spit and how. No, I'm not going to do like the scribes do. I'm not going to do like the other churches do. I'm not. I'm preaching already. Like I'm not going to do like everybody. I'm not going to look like everybody else look. I'm not going to sound like everybody else sound. But I'm going to have authority. So do you want protocol or you want power? I need somebody preaching to me. I need somebody teaching me that has power to break the yokes that are. Uh, come on, Christian, we already have a church. I don't need somebody just going ahead and giving me a lecture when I'm dealing with demons that I need to be delivered from. I need somebody who has authority to break whatever I'm going through. And so he taught them as one that had authority. So, 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 so let's move, because now I'm going to show you some things. Jesus said, okay, after I give this lesson, now you know I got authority. Something clicked in them. You know when you go to a spirit and you hear somebody with authority, it's like something changed. Who was with us on the green when that brother said, let's pray? And we prayed, and then he said, I felt something. I feel like, a, like the darkness is gone, like light came in. You understand? He was in dark. He was drunk. But I know that when we pray, that drunk spirit had to go Oh, y'all gonna be y'all better help me. Amen. And they were drunk and we just let them lay in the back. And because they laid in the back under the anointing and the power of the word, that drunken spirit had to leave. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. And it felt good to me to know I, I knew something was happening. Y'all better help me. He, he said, let me just go ahead and share a little of the testimony because some of y'all was hearing the testimony. I think he might have shared it with you, but this brother was a brother that was with me when I was at, at the beginning of my breakthrough. We were both in the Columbus house when the Columbus house was on Columbus Avenue. And he remembered, he said, he said, Dre, I remember us sitting at the table and you telling me you're tired, that you got a, a baby on the way and you, you're tired of, of everything that's going on and you're going to stop and you're going to give your life to Christ. And you told me everything that you were going to do and everything that you said happened. Y'all better help me up in here. And it brought tears to my eyes because I remember being in the Columbus house wondering if I was going to have a bed or not and I remember having to do everything that they told me I needed to do to go ahead and get my life in order because they were training me how not to live y'all better help me That's right. 
So Jesus said, I'm going to show you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to let something break through. And now, now they know that he has power. There's something different about this man. He, he's not acting like everybody else that we've seen. He's, he, he, he doesn't have the wardrobe that the scribes and the priests and the Pharisees have. But he, he's walking with fishermen. But he's speaking to us the word of God. And he has authority. Oh, my God. And so it says, just then, a man with an unclean spirit was in their synagogue and he cried out what have you what do you have to do with us Jesus of Nazareth have you come to destroy us I know who you are you are the holy one of God and Jesus rebuked him saying be silent and come out of him and the unclean spirit threw him into convulsions shouted with a loud voice and came out of him they were all amazed so that they began to speak to one another what is this a new teaching with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. At once, the news spread throughout the entire vicinity of Galilee. Here, here we go. We're going to move. I'm going to give you four points and I'm going to leave you alone. I want you to understand when you have divine authority, he gives you divine authority. Jesus is about to be, this is about, he is about to exemplify. Oh, go ahead, help me, Holy Ghost. He is about to exemplify his authority in the realms that he is in. And there's four realms where God has given us authority. And he's going to exemplify all four of these in this text. And the first one we're going to see is that he exercises his authority over speech. Over speech, by speaking a word. Remember, I told you he's only using a word and a touch. And he, he shows his kingdom authority over speech. Cause, cause look at he told, he, he told the spirit, shh, be silent, and come out of him. Did I, did I skip the part where I told you that this demon was in church? Did, did, I, did I forget to tell you that the... See, if I'm a demon, I want to take control of a body. Because in order for me to operate, I need a body. And my, my, my focus is to kill, steal, and destroy that body. So I need possession of a body. But I don't want to destroy the body outside of the body. I, I don't want to destroy the body outside of the body because my full potential and my purpose is to destroy the body. <laughs> but I need a body to destroy the body. So I'm going to send a body. Whoa. I got to send a body to church. Because the enemy loves to work on division. He, he, he loves to sow. He is the author of confusion. He likes to sow discord amongst the body. Because he can't destroy the body of Christ unless he divides the body. A, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Woo. So my, my thing is that the, the demon was at church. 
Yeah, that's why when you hear your brother or your sister start talking about stuff they ain't supposed to be talking about, like the pastor and what the pastor doing and what the pastor preached and what sister so-and-so said and what brother so-and-so said, you got to rebuke the spirit that's in that brother or sister because the demon done got up. Y'all better help me up in here because if you're not bringing together, you are separating. And the demon was in the church. But he didn't kick the brother out of church. He just told the demon to shut up. Some of y'all keep allowing demonic spirits to talk to you. And if faith come by hearing, then fear comes by hearing. Oh my God, I'm preaching up in here. You got to get some people in your life and tell them. If you ain't talking like God is talking, shut up. Come out of him. You got to know that everybody in your circle is not anointed to speak to you. So I say shut up. And I got authority to tell you to shut up. <laughs> oh, you ain't going to like it. I, that's right, Brother Kendrick. You ain't know you was in the message, did you? I got authority to go ahead and mute you. I got authority to block your number. I got authority to go ahead and delete you. I got authority to unfriend you. I got authority. So when he gives us authority, he said, Jesus, listen, I'm going to show you the authority I got over speech. The demons knew who he was. We know who you are, the son of God. And just in case you missed it, it wasn't one demon. Have you come to destroy us? Well, we up in here having church. <laughs> you messing up the service, God. How dare you come to church? <laughs> Some people don't want God in church. That is good preaching. That is some good pre. Child, just go ahead and say that boy preaching right now. That boy is preaching. Uh, boy. Because if God ever show up to a service, it's going to get quiet. You know, just to encourage pastors out there that are preaching and your church don't say amen all the time. This is good because sometimes <laughs> when God is in the building, it's going to be silent. <laughs> Y'all better help, help me up in here. I want to see what devil's quiet right now. That's how you know if you're in a room with some saints or some devils. When I say praise the Lord and don't nobody say nothing, you better rebuke that devil. So, so now he, he did that all by speech. Let's move on. Let's move on because I feel my help. He said, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went to Simon and Andrew's house with James and John, Simon's mother-in-law. She was lying in the bed with a fever. And they told him about her at once because you know how we like to tell God stuff we think he don't know. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know. 
but they made sure they told him at once. So he went to her, took her by the hand, raised her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve him. When evening came, the sun had set. They brought to him all that were sick, demon-possessed. The whole town was assembled at the door. He healed many who were sick of various diseases, drove out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. The next area God gives us authority over is sickness. Jesus. Sickness and spirits. There's a difference. Because you can be sick or you can be infected in your spirit. But, but notice what he did. He didn't use a word. He used the touch. The Bible says he raised her up. He took hold of her by the hand and raised her up. Now, she had a fever. Tylenol couldn't fix it. Excedrin couldn't fix it. Motrin couldn't drop it. A cold rag and ice couldn't bring it down. But what you need to know about fevers in the Bible times is that fevers in the Bible times were not like fevers of our day. Jesus. It was a disease in a state of the system marked by increased heat and acceleration of the pulse. And generally, it brought about derangement. And it usually manifests itself in loss of appetite And death. It was the sign of something greater going on. Yellow fever. If you ever watched them kingdom movies like I love to watch, they would call it the sweating sickness. Cause they didn't, and they had some crazy ways of dealing with the sweating sickness. Like the doctor would, would grab a, what would be identified as like a steel pike and he would take a hammer and they would say well since the temper since they're still sweating let's let's bleed them and they would take the steel pike and lay it at your spine and begin to tap until blood started coming out because they thought that the disease and the poison was in the blood so they bleed you to see if that y'all yeah Oh my Jesus, I'm trying to help him. You know, so 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 a fever wasn't something to be taken lightly. And on top of this, this was my man's mother. <laughs> oh Jesus. This was sound, you know, Peter wasn't cut Peter was not short on the tongue. Simon Peter was not a, a dude that was short on the tongue. Peter was the one that said, you know what? Hey, Peter had a cousin problem. Point blank. Peter had a cussing problem. Yeah. He chopped the dude's ear off at the fight. So Peter, Peter not only had a cussing problem, he had a weapons issue. He had a weapons issue and a cussing problem. Them are two things you really don't want mixed together because he got anger issues and a weapon. It's going to be a problem when you're talking to Peter. 
Because he cussed the first one out when they asked him, did you know? He said, I told you I don't know him. The second one came and said, you did know him. But listen, I'm not only going to tell you one more time, I don't know him. The third person came and said, don't make me cut you. I told you. So Peter's like, like, like me. <laughs> Peter, like your bastard. So, 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 and my mama's sick, and you done made me leave my work, my economics, to follow you. <laughs> Yo, bro, mama's sick. You gonna fix this? So Jesus just goes and takes her by the hand. See? <laughs> oh my God. But 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 here's what I want you to catch. All jokes aside. When he touched her, the fever didn't just leave her. He, the, the touch didn't just heal her fever. The, the touch raised her up. Now, now, I know you say, Pastor, you're reading a little bit too much in this, but I'm really not because it would have been enough to just say she's healed. And you know the healing process. Anybody ever have a fever? Usually after you have a temperature, your body is what? You're weak. You need some chicken soup. You, need, you know, you need something. To, it's just a couple of, maybe you need a couple of days just to recover from the fever. But when Jesus touched her, this chick got up and went to cooking Sunday dinner. Y'all, y'all. It says she got up and served him. It was the Sabbath. Don't forget what day it was. She got fishermen with her. Hungry men. She got up and went to the kitchen. Now, I know y'all sisters know, doggone well, that if you get over some sickness and it's Sunday and your husband come in after the fever done went from 104 to 98 and says, Sonia, what you cooking tonight? If you don't, you better figure it out. Because I ain't cooking tonight. I'm going to ride this fever thing for about at least another week. <laughs> but, when, but, but when Jesus raises you up, see what I'm trying to get you to see is, when, when you, something, that's why Jesus told that man, do you want to be made whole? Because if I touch you and make you whole, you're going to go from zero to 60 in a minute. You're going to go from what you thought was going on to who you are supposed to be. And there's going to be no in-between. You're either healed or you're not. You're either whole, because it don't take God no time to get you from, you don't go from little healing. There's no such thing as little healing. I'm almost healed. If it be your will, no. When God says you're healed, you're healed. Now get up and walk in it. 
Get up and start cooking. <laughs> get up and start, y'all. Help me up in here. Anybody want to be healed? Will you get up and go back to what you're supposed to be doing? Or do you want to stay sick? James told it like this. When, if you're sick, call for the elders and let them lay hands on you. A touch. Because you need a touch sometimes when you're dealing with sickness and spirits. Ooh. And I ain't got to worry about your spirit jumping in me when I have been given authority over it. So either I got authority or I don't. I don't need anybody scared praying for me. I don't need nobody worrying about. Listen, when that brother said, pray for me, the last thing on my mind was COVID. You want prayer? In the name of Jesus. Praise God. And then look what he did. Listen, we almost did. And then it says, very early in the morning, while he was, while it was still dark, he got up. And he went to a deserted place and he prayed. Now, I want you to understand this. That prayer is not an afterthought. Prayer is the third, first thought. Check this out, man. This is intermission before I give you my last point. So we, we know that Jesus had came off a 40-day fast. He defeated Satan with the word. And the Bible says that immediately after he had victory over that, he, the, minister, the angels ministered to him. Somebody say prayer. See, because it's in prayer that ministers, angels minister to you. It, 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 it's, it's a place in prayer that you move from. Prayer, prayer is a place where you where you start you start with worshiping who he is. And then you move into the supplication of what your need is. And then you close the door on that and you move into his presence where the healing is. And after you move into his presence, you go into a state of euphoria where the angels just begin to speak to you. You better help me. And they begin to empower you for what God is about to tell you to do when you get up. And when he got up, he got up with power and he called and then his, began his ministry. And then he started healing and dealing with demons. And now he feels depleted. So he had to wake up early in the morning for all y'all people that sleep overtime. Because he had to get up early before the crowd pressed. He, he already knew he set himself up for success, but he had to get alone in a quiet place before all the noise of the day began. And he said, I got to go back to my number one, which is prayer. Oh my God, I need to get a refilling in my spirit. So now this is God in the flesh and God himself knew he had to be in the presence of his father to get refilled. So prayer is the answer to your power to let God know you ain't moving in your own authority, but you're going to move in my authority. 
So he went away and he prayed. And it set him up for this next mission. Simon and his companions searched him out. And when they found him, everyone said, everybody's looking for you. Don't get caught up on everybody looking for you either. Because some people like when everybody's looking for them. Unless everybody looking for you because you owe money. But anyway, he said to them, let's go on to the neighboring villages. He said to them, next level um, ministry translation, let us go to the green. He said to them, let us go on to Edward Park. I mean, he said, let us go on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> to the neighboring villages so that I may preach there too. That is why I've come. How many of you know your purpose? Where you go, it has to be tied to your purpose. Well, why do you go to the green? Because it's tied to our purpose. Well, why do we do the bad? Because it's tied to our purpose. Why are you teaching it? Because it's tied to our purpose. We don't do anything if it ain't tied to the purpose. That's why the Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? We're learning about unity on Saturday morning. Right now we're in the unity portion. Unity is not everybody's the same. Unity means everybody's going to the same place. If you were ever married and you got divorced, you got divorced because the two of you weren't going to the same place. And that's why you should, an unbeliever should never marry, a believer should never marry an unbeliever because you ain't going to the same place. And you can't make somebody go someplace they don't want to go. This whole altar should be filled with money as good as I'm preaching right now. I'm just saying, I'm just messing with y'all. So, so God said, this is, this is why I've come. We got to go to the neighboring villages. See, he didn't get stuck up on his success where he was at because everybody was looking for him he, he could have built his ministry paradise it's right here notice notice when God when Jesus had a crowd he left when it's we're looking for the crowd why, why are we looking for the crowd We got to be looking for the purpose because it's as you chase the purpose, the crowd dwindles. <laughs> oh, I am. You better. Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is good preaching because this is the preaching that'll weed out of church. 
Most people ain't preaching like this. People like, Pastor, why are you preaching that way? Because you, we already ain't got a lot of people. I don't care if we got three people. If we got three people that's going the same place, we going. But if we got 20 people and 17 ain't going where we going, we still stuck. Ain't you tired of walking around the mountain with people who don't believe what you believe? Said, that's why I come. And now he says, and here we go. Let's close this wonderful message. So he went into all Galilee preaching in their synagogues, driving out demons. Then a man with leprosy came to him on his knees and begged him, if you are willing. Now I'm going to put, put a pen right there because I'm, I'm about done. Some good preaching today. Let's put a pen right there where he said, look at the man's response. He, he's dealing with leprosy. And he says, if you are willing. See, if you are willing is the clause believers put in their prayer so that God can be excused. <laughs> if you are willing is the clause that believers put in their prayer. So they can't put blame on God. Well, Pastor, that's kind of hard. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad it's hard. But the Bible clearly tells me that Jesus died for, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and upon his stripes, our stripes have been laid upon his back for our healing. That, that it is God's will. Saying, if it is your will, is like saying, God, if you want me saved. When he says, it is the will of the Father that all men be saved. He didn't, he didn't send Jesus, his only son, to die for your if healing. He died for your healing. Now, whether it manifests itself or not is up to God. But it's only up to you to believe it's done. If you believe it's done, you walk in your healing until your healing manifests. It's called faith. And it's okay if you don't have the level of faith for the level of your sickness. That's why he said, call for the elders of the church. And the prayer of faith. See, 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 you got to stop saying if, God, it is your will. I am your child. It is your will that I be whole. It is your will that I be healed. I claim your healing for my life. I don't claim, I understand the circumstances exist. I understand the effects exist. But God, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to walk and believe my healing until it manifests. And if I die not seeing it manifest on this side, I thank you that it's going to manifest on the other side. But I'm not going to give glory to my situation. I'm going to give glory in my revelation. Y'all better help me up in it.
So if you're willing, you can make me clean. Move with compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. He said, I'm willing. He told him, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Then he sternly warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, listen, see that you don't tell nobody about this. But go and show yourself to the priest. Somebody say authority. authority. And offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Now stick a pen and I'm going to close this message. I want you to understand something. That in the first thing I told you, he's going to give us authority over some realms. He gave us authority. What did I say? Y'all don't know the points. Authority over speech. He told the demons to be quiet. He said, I'm going to give you authority over sickness and spirits. Oh, y'all better help me. So he told her, he lifted her up. He raised her. She walked in her healing. You better. And then all the, the, the demon possessed people and spirits, he came and he healed all them. Right? He healed them with a touch. And then he comes to leprosy. Now, leprosy is defined as a spirit, a spiritual disease. And they would equate it with, let me, I don't want to get this, get this wrong, leprosy in the Bible. The earliest Israelites believed that illness was the punishment for sin. In particular, heinous set of syndromes referred to as leprosy. Then was a, it was both a punishment for sin and a curse because it was a chronic and incurable disease. Right. So if you go back and you look at Leviticus and you look at the Old Testament, we did a teaching on that. If a person had leprosy, they couldn't even come in the presence of a priest. They had to wait outside. They had to make sure certain spots were cleansed up. They had to know. And then the priest would have to complete, um, pronounce them clean. But it was almost impossible to get pronounced clean because no priest wanted a leopard in his presence. Because for a leopard to come into his presence would make him unclean. Yeah, y'all yeah, yeah, see, so it was a double jeopardy. So how do you expect me to be whole if I can only be whole by going to the priest, but the priest don't want me to come? So it was a curse, and it was a curse because of sin, because of what they did. So now I want you to understand this, that he gave him victory over speech, authority over speech, authority over sickness and spirits. Oh, uh, yes, he did. And then he gives us, he gives us authority over sin. Catch it, catch it. He gave him, but, 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 but here's the deal with sin. Sin, everything else was just a word, right? I gave him a word, I gave him a touch. But when you're dealing with sin, you're dealing with self. I, I, I could give him a word and I can give him a touch. But when I'm dealing with me and I'm dealing with sin, it's going to take more than a word. It's going to take more than a touch. It's going to take a word and a touch. Y'all better help me. See, see, when, when you're dealing with yourself and your sin, you need more. It's, it's going to be a word and a touch. Uh, help me. I'm preaching already. We at church. So, so God said, it's the word that makes me clean. He said, it's the word that makes me clean, but it's the touch. He said we have a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities that he became sin for us He wasn't standoffish about our sin. He became our sin And so Jesus said I'm not only going to tell you to go and show yourself to the priest of power Authority but wait Jesus. How am I gonna go if the priest won't let me in? I'm giving you authority to go show yourself and when you go show yourself, you are already going to be whole so that what the priest sees is not what you see. 
Hey, you remember the story about the nine, the ten lepers, and as they went, they were healed. See, when you follow the word, your healing comes as you're going. But not only that, I'm going to prove to you that I'm that you're healed. I'm going to touch you. God himself is going to touch what no other man wants to touch. Aren't you glad that you serve a God who's giving you authority to touch what nobody else wants to touch? You know nobody wasn't dealing with your nastiness. Self, but God came down and touched. Some doctors are scared to touch you because you come in there with, with what you got. Now you can't even have a doctor's appointment. You got to have a Zoom appointment. And they're going to give you, they're going to get their money off the Zoom appointment. They ain't touching you, don't want you to come near them. But God said, Come into my presence. I'll touch you. I'll speak a word that'll heal your soul. One word can change your situation. One touch can change your situation. But but as I close, here's what's amazing to me. He told the man, go show yourself, but don't say nothing. Go, go show yourself but don't say nothing. But he didn't listen. He went and told everybody so that Jesus could no longer enter into that town. But, but he went out into deserted places. This is going to be about the deepest theological revelation that you are about to get for today. Are you ready for this? I'm going to say something that's going to blow your mind. Every healing can't be told. There's some healings in your life that God will do that nobody will ever know. But you and God. Because there's something God just likes to keep between you and him. When I think about the goodness I don't got to tell it. I just got to think about it. Because do you know that there's some stuff if you tell somebody could do more damage than good? Oh my God, it's some good. This, this is some good preaching right here. I'm telling, I'm trying to tell you. Put this down. One of the class, this is a classic. He told him, don't tell nobody. And this was God in the flesh. He couldn't go into the town because he opened his big mouth. Now, see, he not, Jesus is not like people. Because you know how we get. If I heal you, if I prayed for you and you got healed, you need to tell everybody who prayed for you. 
You get mad when people give a testimony about how good God has been to them and how he opened up a door and made a way. When you know you're the one that gave them the money that made the way. And they don't say nothing about that money you gave them. Oh, Jesus. And you sitting there want to praise God for their open door. But you feel in some type of way. Like, did you forget? Because <laughs> if you acting like you got amnesia up in this church, I'm going to let everybody know you owe me $400. So don't tell nobody. I don't need credit for this. I'm God enough to know who gets the glory. So God is saying he's given you authority. You've been authorized to use your words and to use your touch. That's why he said, every place my hand touches. Every, everything you put your hand to do will be blessed. He said, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my strength and my demon. It's the power of life and death is, is in your tongue. I've given you authority over scorpions, serpents, and demons. But, but, but hmm, I, I've given that authority. You've been authorized to, to speak to the ailments in your body. You, you've been authorized to speak to your finances and see me do a miracle in your finances. When, when you speak to your finances, listen to what they're telling you back. Oh, wait, wait, but money oh, talks. The Bible says that money answers all things. A lot of you are not listening for the answer. Y'all better help me up in here. Yeah, because God will tell you what to do with your finances. Yeah, I've been learning that. He'll tell you how to move if something is attacking your body. Stop running to the cupboard first before you go to God first. And I'm not telling you to, to, to disregard science and to disregard what the doctors are telling you, but I'm telling you if you take a pill without a prayer, you're going to have a problem. I've given you authority over yourself, over that sin in your life. You keep waiting for me to deliver you. I've already delivered you. If you speak to the mountain and say, be cast, you ain't speaking to nothing. A closed mouth can't get delivered. Open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. I'll tell you what to say, when to say it, how to say it. And when you say it, it'll be with authority. You won't use your tongue to cut down people, but you'll cut down demons. You'll cut down lack. You'll cut down depression. You'll cut down disease. You'll cut down sickness. You'll cut... Speak over your children. Stop allowing entertainment to speak to your children. Don't know what devil is speaking to your children. You sitting there trying to preach to your kids, but Beyonce preaching too. Uh, Cardi B preaching. Uh, 
speak to him. But he ain't going to like what I got to say. So what? You ain't got to like what I got to say. But I'm going to say it with authority. Oh. How many people got authority? Authority is an open check. Ask what you will. He's already signed the check for you. You're still walking around like you're broken. Open check. Joy. Jesus' name. You fill it in. Ooh. Ooh. But some of you don't want to cash that check. Because if I cash joy check, I got to be happy. And I need to be mad right now. You ever felt like you just need to be mad right now? Come on, y'all can be honest. Anybody else? I just need, listen, I ain't calling pastor. I don't want to hear the church. I'm, I'm blocking them. I ain't looking at band because I just want to be mad right now. He's going to tell me to be happy. I don't want to be happy. Just give me this moment. Everybody just need a moment. Do you know the Bible says that he didn't give Satan room not even for an hour? Because all the, all the enemy need is an hour. That's longer than some of y'all ex-boyfriends. Right? If an ex-boyfriend can mess you up in five minutes. You done gave the devil an hour. Your devil knows how to operate in eternity. And y'all operate in moments. That's deep. Satan has been here as long as God has. Well, maybe a day after. Because God is God all by himself. And Satan is a created being. But he's a lot been here a lot longer than you and I. That's for sure. So here are these hands. So no, no, no that's, that's all we're going to be looking at is authority. Jesus just exemplifying all of that. And he says greater works that you'll do than I do. So what demons are you telling to shut up? Do they need to put something on your brains? I remember when I was getting delivered and going through all, and I was doing some crazy stuff to get, hopefully I was going to get delivered off of cocaine, but one of them times, I was at Yale, psychiatric ward. This was how crazy that was. So the thing was, I was going to go do a study, right? And the thing was, they supposed to hook you up after the study with a program, right? So, but here's the thing about the study. I wasn't going for the program, let's be honest. They're going to pay me $900 for this cocaine study. So, and what they did is they, I will get up and they would tell me to take a pill. And I didn't know whether it was a placebo or if it was really cocaine. And they, I would take the pill. And because I'd done cocaine so long, I knew whether it was fake or not because I wasn't high. So I'm like, nah, this ain't this fake. And they sit you in front of a computer and they'd have you do all kind of tests, you know, while you were on this placebo. Then they gave you the real thing. 
right? See my face lighting up. I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. But they gave me the real thing, and I, I don't know where they got it from, but that junk had my heart going, and so they hooked me up to all these electrodes, and then they sit you in front of the computer and make you do the same test. This was their study. Then you got to sit there all day long chasing, and you can't get nothing, and you just have to go to sleep. And then after that, <laughs> they give you this check and expect you to go to a drug program. Needless to say, that didn't work. But anyway, they hooked electrodes up to your brain and your head, and they figured they could shock you to make you not want the drug. That, that's kind of crazy. It's like you shock you. But, but that didn't work. So why do you want to? So what I'm trying to ask you is, is somebody going to have to give you a pill to go ahead and block receptors from an enemy that's trying to get you? Is somebody going to have to shock you so that you come to your senses and worship the God that you say you love? Or are you going to take authority over you? Are you going to tell your body what it needs to do? Right? Ain't that biblical? Because a lot of you going to sit it. So next Sunday, I'm expecting everybody going to be downtown. Because you're going to tell your body what to do. Because your body going to say, I ain't going down there. I ain't got to go down there. But the Spirit's going to tell you, no, you're getting up. You're going to get dressed. You're coming down there. If it ain't but for 15 minutes, you're going to be obedient. You're going to, you you tell your body. What. Matter of fact, you, you do that the same way when you got to go to work. Ooh. When you don't feel like getting out the bed. But you getting up because you don't want to lose your job and you sure don't want to use your time and you, and you want that check. Isn't it amazing how much authority we have when it comes to that? All right, I'm, I'm going to leave you alone now. Just say. Father, we thank you. And we ask you to forgive us where we have allowed the enemy to have authority over us in every area that we've fallen short. Help us to take control. You said that the gifts of the Spirit, one of them is self-control. We don't want authority so that we can rule over people. We want authority so that we can rule over the demonic forces and the things that are plaguing our communities, our homes, our minds. Show us how to walk in this authority. Show us how to be submitted to authority. Father, that you would put nothing on us that we can't bear. Father, I truly believe that you didn't call me to pastor a disobedient people. But you called me to pastor a people who love you and want to go higher in you. I pray that they would understand that the instructions that I give are from you 
and not from self. Father, you said that it is good if the body makes my job easy. I pray that I would make their job easy. That I wouldn't lay burdens on your people. Burdens too heavy to bear. Financial burdens. Time burdens. But Father, I truly believe that what's being asked of us, we're able to do. We can't serve a God who we say is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think if we can't do what it is you're asking or thinking. So, Father, forgive us and help us to be a submitted people, a submitted people with authority. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace and peace.